welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Good evening, everyone. You may sit down, relax, take it easy. I'm no muse, but I do love music. And uh, tonight, I've got a special treat for you. I'm not going to sing. I'm a great singer, I really am. And one day, you're going to experience that. I just know it. I know it prophetically. It's another prophetic word that I have for you tonight. One day, I will sing. I will expose my talent. Just not this very moment, unless there's any requests out there. No, I'm joking. No, I won't. I'm just going to start by playing a game tonight. Is that all right? Can we play a little game? I'm going to play a little guess that song game. Now, you guys in the front have to be quiet, because some of you know what that is. And there'll be a prize for the winner, okay? All I'm going to do, just by way of introduction, I'm going to read the lyrics out, okay? And the moment that you think you know this song, I want you to call it out. And there'll be a prize for the winner, okay? There'll be an expensive prize, a huge prize. You'll see Tony afterwards, all right? It'll be the best prize that this church has ever given. Uh, so maybe we should have discussed this earlier, I don't know. But that's okay. Um, I'm sure he'll, 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 be, he'll come to the party. So here we go. Are you ready? There'll be a treat. There'll be, I promise you there'll be a prize. Here we go. The song starts like this. I'll give you a little clue. It's an 80s song, okay? When music was music. Remember the 80s? I mean, God personally designed the 80s. He designed the music, the clothes, the makeup, everything. All right? So anyway, that's how good the 80s were. Here we go. Do up, do up, do, 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 do up. You need a bit more? Okay, here we go. Every day I hear a different story. People say that you're no good for me. They say I saw your lover with another and she's making a fool of you. No, they take us. If you loved me, baby, you denied. But you laugh and tell me I should try. Tell me I'm a baby, but I don't understand. No? Here we go. Maybe I should sing it, yeah? But you know that I'll forgive you just this once, twice, forever. Because, baby, you could drag me to hell and back just as long as we're together. And you do. No? No one? That's shocking. I'm getting to the chorus now. You're killing it. Oh, here's the chorus. I don't want your freedom. I'm not asking what the band is. You guys, wake up. I'm asking what the song is. Thank you. I don't want your freedom. 1986. Wham. Awesome song. Thank you. For you. Oh my goodness. I'm on my own here. It was a great song. Like I say, classic 80s when songs meant something. It's No, 60s. Please, come on. I mean, this song is full of great meaning. It's about a, it's about a boy that loves his girl so much that doesn't want her freedom. He doesn't want to play around. He doesn't want part-time love. He wants to be totally and wholeheartedly devoted to her because he doesn't want her freedom. Isn't that beautiful? I'm on my own. Okay. Come on, it's better than what they sing these days. It's better about wanting to be under someone's umbrella. Ella, 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 Ella. Whatever that means. Now, I started with that song because hopefully it's got a little bit to do with my message. If it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's always good to reminisce the 80s anyway. So. But anyway, this song offers all of us 
something that we all get confronted by all the time. Just like the girl in this song, you will be confronted with this offer, the offer of freedom. The offer of freedom. This world will offer you freedom. This world will say to you, you need freedom. And you'll go, yeah, yeah, I do. How do I get it? This world will say, well, buy these things, go to these places, get those possessions, adopt this attitude, follow my principles, and you can have freedom, unbridled freedom. That sense of freedom to be what you want to be and do what you want to do, yay or however that goes. That's 70, so that, that doesn't matter. It doesn't come into play. Now, the quest for freedom is not necessarily wrong. It's in our DNA. I believe that's how God designed us. God designed all of us to desire freedom. That's why it's in us. It's part of who we are. It's like when we're little, we can't wait to be able to go out on our own because we seek freedom. I remember when I was about 11 or 12, I was pathetic. I wanted to go out into town. That was a big thing, going out to town by yourself. But mum wouldn't let me. She was cruel. All my other friends could go to town on their own. But my mum would not let me. So I said to her, would you do me a favor? I've got some friends going to town. I really want to impress them. If you won't let me go into town on my own, will you take me to town, walk with me where I, I want to walk to, but walk one block behind me? <laughs> Keep an eye on me, but at least I'll look like I'm on my own. I'm 12 years old. I'm trying just, uh, you know, to, <laughs> pretend to be someone that I'm not. And mom said, okay, so I'm walking down town. She's a block behind me, but because of my quest for freedom, I pretended, and I'm saying hello to people that I, that I knew, people that were there saying, hello, see, I'm on my own. I'm a big boy now. And I felt so free, even though it wasn't real freedom. But such is our quest and our desire for freedom. It's in our DNA. It's who we want to be. That's why, kids, why do you want to leave home? Teenagers, for freedom. Find that freedom. But then you find something else called bills and having to cook for yourselves, and then you want to go back home. But you want that because you want freedom. People want freedom. Why do you want to retire? So you have freedom from your bosses and free from those time constraints. Now, my message tonight is going to offer you two things. There's a freedom that the world offers you, and there's a freedom that God offers you as well. I'm going to read a scripture tonight. It's in Galatians 5. It's a scripture that a lot of us know. It's called, it says this, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. See, just like God will offer you freedom, this world will also offer you freedom. And you need to choose, you need to decide which freedom you are going to go for. And my contention tonight is simply this, that there is freedom available to you, but true freedom can only be found in God. True freedom can only be found in Christ. Only He can give you the freedom that you so much crave for and desire. You were built and designed to have freedom, but only He can give it to you. So tonight, I've called my message simply this, in light of what the world offers us, I don't want your freedom. And in light of that song, I do not want the world's freedom. We're going to look at the type of freedom that the world offers us and the type of freedom that God, off, God also offers us. Is that all right? So when we give ourselves to Jesus, this is the freedom that he gives us. Jesus, very importantly, sets us free 
to find his purpose for us, to find his purpose. 2 Corinthians 3.17 and verse 18 says this, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Jesus wants to set us free to find true purpose. God didn't just create us because he thought it would be a good idea, or because he thought it would be cute to do, or because he wanted to demonstrate his power. God designed us, God created us for a time such as this, with a purpose. And we need to find that purpose. We need to tap into his will and find out what the purpose for our lives is. But only he can set us free to do that. Only he can set us free to find the purpose that he designed us with. Before he even created any of this, he saw you, he saw your face, he saw your identity, but he also saw what he wanted you to become and wanted you to do. You were born at this time with a freedom to find your purpose in him. And only in him can you find it. And you know what your ultimate purpose is? That's why I love this verse. Do you know what, you know what your ultimate, ultimate destination is? I'll sum it up in one word. Greatness. Your ultimate destination, your ultimate purpose, the ultimate reason why God created you is for absolute, unashamed greatness. I can confidently say this to you. Let me tell you why I can say this to you. Because of what this verse explains, it says this, that we are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory. We are destined for greatness because our destination is to become just like Jesus. And there's nothing greater than Jesus. One day we are going to be as he is. We're not going to be him. We're going to be like him. We're going to have his mind. We're going to be blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. We're going to live forever as he lives forever. We're going to be pure, wholesome, and complete in total greatness because of what Christ has done for us. That is our ultimate amazing destiny. That is God's purpose for your life. You find true greatness. And that's the greatness that I'm talking about. One day, you're going to be just like Jesus. But the world will also make you a similar offer. The world will also say, you can find greatness. Just do your own thing. Work out whatever you want to do. Work out your own purpose. And, you know, go for it. You can choose two things. You can choose to walk in God's perfect will or his permissive will. His perfect will are his plans and purposes and destiny for your life. His permissive will is what he allows you to do. He won't impose his will on you. He will reveal his will to you. They're two different things. He'll reveal it, not impose it. And you need to choose. You need to choose whether you're going to walk in his perfect will or his permissive will. And you're free to choose. But Christ came to set you free to find the purpose that he has for you. Not so that you could do it on your own or have to do it on your own. And many try. Many try and they stumble and they fall. And they wonder why things don't go well for them. And that's because they haven't been set free from Jesus to be able to find their will. When I um, was researching this, I found a few some frightening things about what's out there in terms of how to find your purpose in life. Some of those self-help things. And I found this, which I found frightening at first. And then I found a little bit scary. And then I laughed. And then, anyway, I thought I'd share it with you tonight. This is a reputable self-help 
place. I'm not going to say what it is because I don't want to be sued. Uh, but uh, if you want a little bit more information, I can talk to you about it a little bit later. But this is, according to this website, this is how you find your purpose in life. Okay, you ready? Three, four steps. This is what's out there. Number one, take a blank sheet of paper or open a word processor where you can type. In brackets, this guy says, I prefer the latter because it's faster. Okay. Step number two, write at the top, what is my true purpose in life? Sounds okay so far? Does it sound too strange? Number three, write an answer, any answer that pops into your head. It doesn't have to be a complete sentence. A short phrase is fine. So anything that you have to empty your mind and write down the first thing that comes to your head. My case, I'd probably write down donuts or I, I don't know, I, I, coffee. I, I, anyway, but he's saying empty your mind and then write down the first thing that comes to your mind. Step number four is fantastic. This is, where, this is the clinker, okay? Here we go. Repeat step three until you write the answer that makes you cry. This is your purpose. And this is a reputable self-help place. Write down the thing, and write down answers over and over again until you actually write down the one that brings you to tears. That is your true purpose in life. That's what Jesus came to set you free from, stuff like that. That's why Jesus came and gave his life so you wouldn't have to fall into these schemes gets really cute, uh, just out of interest. This is what he goes on to say. You may also discover a few answers that seem to give you a mini surge of emotion, but don't quite make you cry. They're just a bit off, so ignore them. When you start getting these kinds of answers, it just means you're getting warm. So keep going. Jesus wants to set you free from that lie, okay? That doesn't happen. That's not how you find your purpose. You find your purpose in him. Now, look, if you follow the logical conclusion of your natural desires and the things that you want to do. If you leave it up to yourself, come on, be honest. You know that it doesn't lead to places that are very healthy. Jesus wants to set you free to be all that he called you to do. I mean, I know that some of my natural inclinations and desires aren't, aren't that good. I need to ignore them. Don't, don't listen to this lie that it's up to you. You choose what you want to do. You follow your own path. Get before God and say, God, why am I here? Why did you create me? Get amongst people that know you and love you and will speak the truth into your life. That's how you find your true purpose in life. That's why Jesus came to set you free, so that you would live in his will, his incredible will. Romans 12, 2 describes his will like this, his good, perfect, and pleasing will. Don't be scared of God's will for your life. God's will for your life is always good. Always perfect and always pleasing. Tap into it. Get into it. Even if things are tough. Even when things may seem like they're going wrong. If you're a Christian and you know God, sometimes you will go through those situations. Jesus nailed to a cross, bloodied and bruised, right in the middle of God's will for his life and right in the middle for God's will for the entire creation. So even when things get a little bit tough, it doesn't matter. Tap into God's will. His will is always good. It's always perfect and it's always pleasing. One of the things that I, I think I get asked often when I talk to people is, I don't know the will for my life. I don't know what's God's will for my life. Now, we need to be a people that at least settle that. 
If you don't know your ultimate will, at least God wants to reveal what he wants to do right now in you. Settle that. What have you been called to do? And don't doubt anymore and just go for it. There is, God has come that he may set you free to find your true purpose. And your only, the only way that you can find your true purpose is by seeking Jesus. So I'm afraid, I'm sorry, world, I don't want your freedom. I want the true freedom that comes from Jesus because only that freedom can set me free to find the purpose that I was born for. Something else that Jesus sets us free to is this. And this is a good one. It might not sound very good to begin with, but it sounds good. He sets us free to give. Free to give. That is awesome. Matthew 10, 8 says this. This is Jesus uh, talking to his disciples. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, for freely you have received. Say freely give. Jesus wants to set you free to give because Jesus knows that there is blessing on the other side of giving. It is far more blessed to give than to receive. That's where you find true joy. That's where you try true happiness, true fulfillment. When you give, when you give. Not when you want to be a taker, but when you give. That's what Jesus wants to set you free to be able to do. That's why this verse says, freely you've received, now freely give. Now I love Jesus so often after he's been involved with people, has done a miracle for people, he always says to them, go and do likewise. Just like I have forgiven you, now you go and forgive. Now, just like you have experienced my power, go and demonstrate my power. Just like you have felt my love, go and show my love. Just like you now know who I am, I am the Messiah, go and tell the rest of the world, for freely you have received, now freely give. That is his purpose for us, that we be free to give, but the world will tell you something else altogether. The world will tell you it's about your needs, your desires, what I can accrue how much I can gather for myself, how much I can give me. That's the message that this world tells you, that it's about your needs and your desires, and then when you have fulfilled all those needs and all those desires, then get some new ones and spend the rest of your time, treasure, and and energy in trying to be able to fulfill those desires. I was so so, uh, just encouraged by one of my students. uh, I work as a teacher and uh, this, this boy last year who finished school, he got a ridiculous uh, score of 99.8 something reoccurring. Anyway, he was offered scholarships. He was offered this. Uh, I mean, this kid is, you know, he's heading for the stars. And uh, a lot of people said to him, oh man, one day, you know, I'm going to be working for you. One day you're going to be a millionaire. You're going to be a trillionaire. Now this boy, you know, he's 16 years old, but he's learned something. He's captured something about his destiny and who he is and what he's been set free to do. And his answer to everybody was simply this. He goes, yeah, you know, I'm not going to do that. I I want a job. I want a good job. And I know that I'll be able to work anywhere I want. But uh, I'm just going to work two or three days a week. And that'll do. I don't need riches. And people asked him, well, gee, why is that? You could do anything with your brain. Don't waste your brain. 98, 99.2%, you know, that's that's an incredible score. Don't waste your your intelligence. Don't waste all the things you could be doing. What are you going to do with your time instead? And he said, I'm just going to serve my church and I'm going to serve my family. That's his, that, that's his plan. That's his destiny. That's his vision. I'm going to give to my church. I'm going to give to my family. This boy could do anything, but this boy has understood something, something of the blessing of giving, something of the blessing. I tell you, this, this guy, he has planned, he could receive so much. He could focus on getting so much, but his focus is to use his talents 
to get an awesome job that allows him to only work once or twice a week so that the rest of the time he can spend giving, giving to his ministry. And I asked him, what do you do in church? He goes, oh, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on coffee and, and I help people park their cars. He's not, talking, he's not talking giving his life so he can become this great evangelist or, or be this great person. He just wants to keep giving. And I was just like, seriously, this kid brought me to my knees almost. I thought, this kid, is, he knows something. He's understood something about the blessing of giving. He is somebody who Jesus has set free to give because that's what he wants us to do. He doesn't just want to pour our blessing on our lives. He doesn't just want to you know, just give us and give us and give. He wants us to pour ourselves out into the lives of other people. Because that's what we've been set free to do. Because that's, there's more blessing involved in that. He wants to set people free. Jesus wants, we've got a God, an incredible God. He, he wants to demonstrate his power, his love, and his grace. But he doesn't just want to do it providentially. He wants to do it through us. And the only way he can do it through us is if we are a people who have that priority of wanting to give. We need to be givers so we can allow God to move. So we need to set, set ourselves free from this mind, from this mindset that says, no, it's about receiving. It's about being, me being blessed. It's about me coming here Sunday after Sunday and just receiving, just receiving the warm smiles and receiving the music and receiving the teaching. That's fantastic. Be blessed by that. But there is so much more. There is so much more. And the only way you find that so much more is to allow Jesus to set you free from your minds and realize that it's actually more about giving than receiving. Jesus can set you free to do that. Felt, felt a word, um, this, this great teaching uh, that God, God challenged me with, and I think it, it speaks, it reflects certainly my attitude sometimes, but I think it reflects a lot of people's attitude. We, we tend to look at what's in our hands, we tend to look at you know, our treasures, our talents, and our time, and everything that we've accrued. And we tend to look at it and we think, oh, there's my harvest. Look at all I've done. Look at all I've been able to gather. Look at my home, my riches, my family, my abilities, my gifting. Look at all that. Oh, man, that's, that's my harvest right there. I just felt God say, that's not your harvest. That's your seed. You have to look at all that you've accrued. doesn't matter how young or old you are, all that you've accumulated, all that you've gathered, and realize that the world will tell you that's your harvest. Protect it. Be selfish with it. Make it bigger. But Jesus will say something else altogether. He'll say to you, that's not your harvest, that's your seed. Freely you've received it, now freely give it. Because that's what's going to set you free and free indeed. Amen? That's why, again, I can confidently say to the world, sorry world, I don't want your freedom. I want the freedom that Christ offers because only that freedom can set me free to be the giver that Christ has made me to be. Amen? Something else that God put in my heart for tonight is that Jesus can set us free to live, to truly live. We can't bypass this one. This one is awesome. Romans 8.2 tells us it's because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Jesus wants to set us free that we may find true life. That's why he came. Oh, I love this. John 10, 10, he came that we may have life, have life to the full and even everlasting life, abundant life. That's the life that Jesus has promised to us. That's the life that's awaiting, for, awaiting us. It's, it's awesome. Abundant, eternal life. That's why Jesus came 
uh, to, to give us. To all who believe in my name, he said, I will give abundant life. That's why this verse says that the Spirit will set you free to live. To live. Because we are all born into this life under a sentence of death. We know that. All of us. We will die spiritually and we will die physically if we are outside of Jesus. But I'm here to tell you tonight that those of you right now who are in Christ Jesus, as Ray was, the woman that we buried this week, she was in Christ Jesus. I tell you, she will live forever. There is no death for the Christian. There is no such thing as death. Jesus came to set you free to give you not only an abundant life here on earth, but also an eternal life. There is no death for the Christian. There is no such thing as death. Jesus has delivered you from it. You are eternal. You don't need a gas chamber. You will live forever because Christ has set you free. But this world will tell you something else altogether. This world will say to you, nah, there's no God. There's nothing, nothing out there. Again, just do whatever you want to do. It's fine. So you just find whatever life you want to find. You're just an accident. You're just you know, the result of an evolutionary process. You, you were a monkey once and now you're, now you're a man and we don't know how, but it happened. There's nothing out there, so whatever, just drink, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you'll die. That's what the world will offer you. And tomorrow you will die if you follow that philosophy. But Christ came that you may have far, far more than that, because you are no accident. (laughs) Professor Dawkins, I can say this because I'm going to quote him. This is what the world offers. This is what he's said in relation to Charles Darwin and the theory of evolution. This is what the world has to offer you. Outside of Jesus, outside of believing in God, this is how he describes the world. A Darwinian world has no purpose and we delude ourselves if we think otherwise. If the universe cannot be described as good, it cannot be described as evil either. The universe we observe had precisely the properties we should expect if there is at the bottom no design. No purpose, no evil, no good, nothing but blind, pitiless indifference. That's the life that this world wants to offer you. Blind, pitiless indifference. The absolute absence of anything that's good or anything that's evil. Everything is relative. That's the life that you are being asked to Live if you are outside of Jesus, if you don't believe in God. Now, I'm sorry that this person might have a brilliant mind, but Jesus came to set me free from that brilliant mind. Jesus came with a different truth, with a different message. That there is a God, there's a God out there that doesn't want you to do life on your own. There's no wonder there's so much depression. There's no wonder there's so many problems because people get told a lie. It's no wonder. If I truly believed that there's no God, no consequences out there, I would live my life just like the rest of the world. But Jesus came to tell you that there is a God. There's a God who's for you, who's with you, who wants to be with you. You don't have to be alone. You don't have to do life alone. He wants to embrace you. He wants to draw you into a family of believers, into his local church, so that they can embrace you and help you to find your true life that's in him. That's what Jesus came to set you free to do. I mean, when I was reading uh, the account of the crucifixion in Mark 27, 52, um, one of the first things, a lot of freaky things happen when, uh, when Jesus dies. When Jesus uh, dies and he breathes his last, you know, there's, there's an earthquake and then there's darkness. And there's this one thing that happens afterwards. It says, 
the tombs broke open and bodies raised to life. Bodies. Jesus dies, people raised to life. Jesus dies, people get raised to life. People believe in Jesus, they get raised to life. People believe in God and they no longer ever have to worry about death. Death has lost its sting because Christ came to set them free from that death. Jesus gives life. Jesus wants to set you free that you may find the life that he wants you to lead. That incredible, abundant, eternal life. So again, I'm sorry, world, but you can keep. I don't want your freedom. I don't want that pitiless destruction of nothing being good. So I can't use these big words. I have to, I have to read them. <laughs> I don't want that. I want the life that Jesus came to set me free to live. That incredible, abundant life. Not a trouble-free life, as we say, as we know, but a life that whether we are in that trouble, in that distress, He will be with us through it all to guide us and to love us through it. So I'm sorry, world, I don't want your freedom. It's a false freedom at best. The freedom that, as that scripture tells us, is going to enslave us once again to a yoke of slavery. So be careful with it. I know that I, I actually get tempted to buy it as well sometimes. I look at what the world has to offer. I look at what, you know, the things that outside my faith and what that has to offer. And I go, oh, gee, looks good over there. Gee, that looks like fun. Gee, that looks easy. And I listen to the lie that, oh man, yeah, I could be free if I did that. But free for what? Free for what? I would even go as far as to say this, that biblically, almost, there's actually no such thing as real freedom. No one is totally, totally free. You're either, you're, you, I think we're all going to always be mastered or enslaved by something. And there's a verse that talks about that, Romans 6.16. I'm not sure if it's going to be up on the screen or not. If it is, if it isn't, I'll just read it slowly. It says this. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one that you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which we are outside of Jesus, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. We're going to be enslaved by something. God wants to enslave us, yes, but to set us free. This world wants to enslave us but to enslave us into our death. Our choice. Our choice. Can I get the uh, musos to come up, please? Now, there's an incredible promise that Jesus makes regarding his destiny and regarding his purposes and regarding what he came to do. He said, I have come that I may set the captives free. I have come that I may set the captives free. And I want tonight to be a night where wherever we are captive, wherever we are being held captive right now tonight, whether it be captives to unbelief, whether it be captives to ignorance, captives to emotion, captives to circumstance, captives to doubt, whatever it may be, Jesus came, Jesus is here right now to set you free from it free to live the life that he made you to live. I would love to just end tonight in just, I'd love to just pray for you. If I can ask you to stand up, that'd be great. And uh, just before I hand back to Tone, 
I would love the privilege to be able to pray for you tonight into this area. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord God, for the challenge. We thank you, Lord God, for the truth that it reveals and brings into our lives. Father, I thank you that you want us to be free and you want us to be free indeed. I thank you, Lord God, for the price that you paid. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that it is your will and your plan and your destiny for every man, woman, and child to find you and to live free. Father, tonight I commit myself, I commit every person in this building to you right now. And I ask that by the power of your Spirit, that chains be broken. I pray, Lord God, that every chain of disbelief, every chain, O God, of relational problems, every chain, O God, of difficult circumstances, every chain of insecurity, of uncertainty, of doubt. I pray, Lord God, right now it would be broken in Jesus' name. And I pray your freedom. I pray your liberty. I speak total freedom and freedom indeed for your people in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, O God, and we give you all the praise and glory for your wonderful plans for our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.